Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, honeys. Welcome to Natch Butte. I'm going to start every episode with a little intro from me asking, what have we all learned this week? Because you know what? We're trying to learn. And, uh... Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but we're learning, hon. Um, so I'm going to start the episode with what I've learned this week. And obviously, I encourage the honeys to do their own work as well. But what have I learned this week? I have learned that, man, we got a lot of work to do, hon. Um, I have had some hard conversations this past week with friends, family members, etc., who truly have had a lot of protective barriers up in their mind that has been protecting them uh, from considering that they might be a part of the systemic racism that exists in our country. And I understand that's hard to hear. Um, You know, we um, have all as white folks benefited from this system and we haven't had to address it, which is why it's perpetuating the problem. And that's hard to hear. And I've, you know, had some defensive conversations with some people. Um, And I understand that because that's our natural instinct is to be defensive, you know. But, honey, this is a hard truth. And guess what you can call that? Privilege. Yeah, yeah. It's privilege that we haven't had to address this in our own lives. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to continue these conversations. And they've been very eye-opening, I'll tell you that. And I encourage the honeys to do that as well. Now, there's a lot more to cover, um, but I'm going to be dropping these into the episodes. So stick around every week. Get ready for that. There's a lot going on in the beauty space as well. I'm going to save that um, for next week because we have a full episode ahead of us, okay? Um, But one more thing. I'm just going to share some of the work I've done this week. I am making a definitive stance um, against Amazon. Um, Jackie J, done with Amazon, okay? Uh, We're done, hon. You know, slowly we have watched our society become, everything's quick, everything's convenient, everything gets to us as quickly and easily as possible. Again, that's what you call privilege, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, this insisting that everything be as convenient and easy as possible, it's led to a lot of problems, um, and we gotta stop, and I encourage all the honeys that are able to shift your business away from Amazon, okay? Now, when I say that are able, I'm talking to my able-bodied honeys, my able-incomed honeys, able-in-general honeys, because I understand that the convenience of Amazon is extremely helpful for a lot of the honeys who need it. And if that's you, I'm not talking to you, hun. Do you and get through the day. I'm talking to those of us who are like, you know what I need? I need a new fucking oven right now. And we're just sitting in front of the TV and we hit that one button on our phone and Amazon sends a damn oven mitt over in a plastic bag, okay? We, uh, we gotta stop. We gotta, we gotta stop, okay? Did you know that most things that you need and that you want to buy can be purchased from a black-owned business? It might be slightly more work than hitting one button on your phone, but 
that's the whole point of what I'm saying. It's time to do the work, okay? Maybe draw back the convenience a tad and do a little more work, okay? Just an example, I've decided to invest in a new ring light. It's not looking like, you know... um, social distancing is going to exist for a very long time and it's not looking like we're just all going to go back and snap back into quote-unquote normal life. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of my work remotely and I've just been relying on that good lighting of the outdoor windows. Um, I had this awesome lighting kit that unfortunately... I lost in my divorce. So it's time to purchase one. And um, my friend Tony Thaxton, Tony Thaxton, uh, he recommended that he ordered his ring light from 10kringlights.com, which is a black-owned company. 10kringlights.com. 10, the letter K. So 10, the letter K, ringlights.com. Um, and he li- he likes the ring light. He recommends it. So guess what? I ordered one today. Um, black owned. They're having a big sale. I don't know if that sale is still going to be going on when this episode comes out. Sorry, I hope it is. But you know what? Just Google. You got to search. You got to do the work. Put your money where your mouth is. Okay. And I know a lot of my honeys out there love to research products. You know, before you buy a serum, you you look up 20 different reviews and you Google every ingredient. I'm talking to my honeys that love to research. It's all about research now, honey. We have to do a little bit more research into what we're buying and who we are buying from. And honey, I'm done with Amazon. If you don't know why Amazon's bad, there are a bunch of reasons, okay? Um, a bunch. But uh, I'm not going to get into all of them. Uh, but just, I'm all about spreading my, my money into other entrepreneurs and into our, you know, society. So I'm done with Amazon. Um, and just full transparency, like if you're listening to this and you click on nashby.com, there are going to be Amazon links on my page. Um, and yes, they are an affiliate code. Um, and guess what? Um, they've never really been very active. I'm not joking. I maybe make $9 a month from those. Um, but my sister runs Nashby.com. We are a two-woman operation, and really we're a one-woman operation because I don't run the website. Um, she is now, you know, running her brew pub in Dallas. It is called Vector Brewing. If you are in Dallas, I highly recommend going and getting some food. They have gluten-free. They're going to have vegan pizza soon. I think they might already. They have great beer, and it's a woman-owned, family-run business that is independent, and uh, they've had a lot of ups and downs, but they're open, hun. So if you're in Dallas, go check out Vector Brewing and tell them Jackie J sent you. But anyway, my sister is busy. She's also a mother of two. She's busy. So I'm going to have her do a uh, when she has time, which who knows when that will be, I'm going to have her, you know, do a whole look change on nashbutte.com where we erase all the Amazon stuff, but it's probably still there if you're listening to this. And I don't want y'all being like, hey, dummy, you just said you're done with Amazon, but you have Amazon links on your page. They will be gone. It's going to be a full project. But if you do perchance buy something on Amazon and you use a nashbutte.com link from here on out, all the money will go to Black Lives Matter until I get them all down. And that is fact, honey. That is fact. So that's how I feel about that. So today, uh, what I have learned is we have a lot more work to do. Um, there's a lot of defensive family members and friends in my circle um, that I'm, you know, discussing hard truths with. Um, I'm going to be done with Amazon. And the last thing I want to say is watch the John Oliver episode from last week. Uh, it's on YouTube. It is called Police. Last week tonight with John Oliver. The whole thing is on YouTube. You don't have to have HBO. I highly recommend watching it and watching it with family members or maybe sending the link out to family members uh, because I think, you know, 
I think he just does a really good job of uh, summing it all up in like a in a light tone that's you know approachable. So I highly recommend checking it out. Okay, so my guest today is Meredith Feynman. Uh, if you've been listening to Nashville for a while, you know, we did a shorter ep last summer when we met and, you know, everybody gave me such great feedback about Meredith and her work and her book Brag Better is finally here, honey. It is out next week on Tuesday, June 14th. Full disclosure, we recorded this episode pre-core. I believe we recorded this uh, a couple days into March. And she was actually in Washington, D.C. and I was in L.A. in my studio. So this is a remote interview, Um, but it was recorded pre-COVID. And her book is out next week on Tuesday, June 14th. She already pushed the date once because of COVID. Um, And so you know what? Her, Her book is out next week. It is important work. And I wanted to release this episode now so that everybody knows the book is coming out. And I want y'all to hear what she has to say. Um, Any mentions of the previous release date uh, have been cut out. So just know that the book is out June 14th. And it is available for pre-order now, honey. Okay. Um... And guess what? There is a list of black-owned bookstores on Nashby.com for you to order it from. And I, I sourced these from all over the internet. Um, uh, lots of posts. I, Forever 35 did a post with a bunch of black-owned bookstores. Uh, Nicole Byer did a post. I read a couple articles, The Strategist. I pulled just a bunch of them. So, And I linked them all. That's the one thing that sucks about these Instagram lists is they just have them listed. And we're trying to do the work and we're trying to make the work easy. So I linked them all. They're there and ready for y'all. So I highly recommend that. Um, I also like IndieBound because it, you can type in your zip code and it'll bring up all the independent bookstores that have that book available. And then you can cross-reference with my list of Black-owned bookstores and hopefully find one near you. And that is very exciting. So Meredith's book, Brag Better, I truly believe in this book and I really think the work is life-changing. Um, you know, this book, Brag Better is all about empowerment and how to empower yourself to advocate for you, but also advocate for amplifying voices that need to be heard in your own voice, which is very important always, but more so now. Um, And the work in this book can be used in your office, in your conversations with family members that I mentioned earlier, in the streets, and in this important election year. So I had to mention that because it's important to Meredith and myself. We briefly mentioned it in the interview, but that is discussed in the book. Also, Meredith is giving away three books to the honeys, okay? So if you are wanting to win the book, we're going to do a little contest for y'all. Three books are going out to the honeys. She also has 10 Brag Better sticker sheets she's going to be giving out. So here's what you have to do to enter. Follow Meredith Feynman on Instagram at Meredith Feynman. That is Meredith Feynman. My voice kind of cracked there. Fine man. Meredith Feynman. Um, follow her on Instagram the day this comes out or the day you listen. And hit like on the post uh, that I'm going to put up on the Nash Butte Instagram and leave a comment bragging about yourself. It can be anything. You can say, I brag. I'm bragging because I just got promoted at work. I'm bragging because I'm a mother and I am juggling everything right now and everyone's, you know, in my house is thriving. I'm bragging because I've been, you know, going out and protesting every day. Whatever your brag is, Meredith wants to read it. So please leave a comment on the Natch Butte Instagram post today, the day you listen to this, with a brag about yourself and follow Meredith on Instagram. And I'm going to give y'all two weeks. Um, and then guess what? She's going to pick some winners. So that's exciting. I think this book is really important and that the honeys are really going to love it. 
Also, Meredith has a podcast called It Never Gets Old about all things secondhand. She is a secondhand fashionista, all about vintage and secondhand clothes. And she did an episode of her podcast last week all about Black-owned vintage shops you can buy from. And that ties into my work this week of not buying crap from Amazon. Uh, Meredith is a huge advocate of secondhand fashion, and we could all learn more about this movement. I do believe it is the movement of the future as fast fashion keeps getting canceled, and I am fine with that. So I highly recommend checking out that episode of her show and her show in general, but I'm going to link that episode on the Nash Butte episode guide today. And I just wanted to say all that up top and give a little context to this episode. Um, The honeys are going to enjoy it, and I hope all my honeys are working hard and staying happy out there. Please enjoy this episode of Natch Butte with Meredith Feynman. Oh, yeah. You, you, you are a natural butte. You, you are a Natch Butte, Natch Butte, Natch Butte, Natch Butte. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been close to fringe so fresh or been close to folks who have? Have you ever used a cream so powerful, so heavy you collapsed? No! Well, I've never had to natch on Butte, but I know someone who has, which makes me wonder if I could. It makes me wonder if I've never had to natch on Butte And I'm glad I've creamed my neck Because I'm sure that it is good And that's the podcast that I get (laughs) Welcome to Natch Butte, everybody! Now, let me explain really quickly Um, So I write these cover songs for Natch Butte every week And I do like to have a musical accompaniment with them when applicable. I listen to at least 25 covers of the impression that I get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And every single one of them had a backup vocal. Meaning that when I would try to get into my chorus, Ever Had to Natch on Butte, you could hear somebody scream, Ever Had to Knock on Wood, which I could not have. I could not have that going in the background of my song. The only one I could find without it was this one, which is actually a marching band accompaniment. (laughs) That was a marching band arrangement of the impression that I get. Uh, If you were wondering why it sounded so verbose. So that is what I decided to do for the greater good, and I hope you enjoyed it. But that is not what we are here to discuss. Welcome to Natch Butte, everybody. I'm Jackie Johnson, your host. If this is your first episode, hello. If this is not your first episode, thank you for coming back. But welcome to Natch Butte. You're beautiful and today is beautiful. And I just want to let you know that I am the Beauty Talk Shock Jack, your queen of creams, your host of the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over 30 niche influencer, your kooky southern aunt, the pop punk princess. Welcome to Natch Butte. I have a very exciting episode today for you. And I have a returning guest, okay? If you're like me, perhaps you struggle to communicate your accomplishments to others. Uh, This is something that I honestly didn't even realize about myself until I met my guest and um, heard more about her work. But basically, society rewards the loud. 
If you've ever heard the phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, personally, I have an extremely hard time being squeaky. And there's lots of reasons for that. Um, You know, last year I did a lot of therapy and I realized that, you know, throughout my life, for various reasons, that I have personally been conditioned to not take up space, not make a fuss. This has permeated itself into everything I do. That's jobs, that's marriages, that's relationships. But you know what? That's old Jackie. I'm working on it, sweetie. I'm right on top of that rose, okay? Which is why I find my guest's work so fascinating and necessary. And I really didn't even know how my struggle was real until I discovered her and her expertise. My guest today, like I said, she's a returning guest. She's an entrepreneur, a writer, and a podcast host. And her life mission is to empower people to champion themselves. What a concept, honey, okay? Her book is called Brag Better. It is available for pre-order right now. She came in uh, into the studio last year for a mini episode. It changed my life. Also, I know a lot of honeys, her work resonated very deeply with them as well. And since that fateful day, we have formed a friendship that has bloomed even more. And I can say that she is one of the most supportive and positive influences in my friend group. She knows her shit. She's the real deal, honey. Just reading the back cover of Brag Better has had a profound effect on my life, which I will get into, and I cannot wait to get into her work. I will say right now that she is joining me via phone in D.C. because boss ladies have to work, okay? So we're doing a phone interview right now. I'm very excited to have her returning and share her very empowering message to all the honeys. Please welcome back Meredith Feynman. Hello, Meredith! Hi. Oh my God. What a glowing intro. I love that song. Now, as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to have to like hop off and listen to all the Mighty Mighty Boston's and we'll talk about secondhand fashion later, uh, which is another area of my expertise. But I am uh, currently bidding on a vintage Mighty Mighty Boston <gasps> t-shirt on Poshmark. So what? Like, so, uh, Can you even believe like, that? That is kismet. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Now I'm wondering if I should maybe give it to you because I give vintage t-shirts as gifts to friends, but you know, we'll figure it out. That's, we can share it. That's honestly a really good gift idea because you want to buy them for yourself, but they're expensive, you know? So it's very thoughtful. Well, yeah, but also if they're expensive, you're looking in the wrong places. So let's get into that. Oh, too. Meredith, I'm telling you, you have, <laughs> su- you have such powerful work. <laughs> Okay, um, did you like the uh, marching band arrangement? Because that was the only one I could find that didn't have backup vocals. It, I thought it was great. Um, I I thought that it really slapped, as they say. There you go. Um, and uh, I am so impressed and delighted by your fearlessness around just singing fun covers. I was so devastated I couldn't be at uh, that 90s show um, where you just like tore the roof off. I hope your honeys have seen this video of you um, singing. And so, I hope yeah, they have totally too. For it. Yeah, I mean, I think the honeys all know that being a pop punk princess is probably like the number one career that didn't happen for me. And it still might, mm-hmm. you know, it still might. We don't know, and that's beautiful. But yeah. Let's get to work because I want to get into your work and I want to talk about Brag Better. Now that the book is around the corner, honey, last time you were here last summer, you know, you you had just finished the book. 
Um, and we barely scratched the surface of your work. And like I said, there's so much to discuss. But we have to start with the questions I ask every guest, which is, number one, what type of skin do you have? Uh, so I have pretty oily skin. Um, and it's good that we're talking about this because it's funny, like what deeply overwhelms me is skincare. Um, and you know, you could put me in any thrift store, any other like big, scary conference, giving a speech to a thousand people. I don't mind. Um, but like Sephora makes me want to run and hide. Um, so I have oily combo skin and I am desperately overwhelmed and afraid of everything that you spend your time giving advice to. I mean, listen, we're the perfect yin and yang, aren't we? It's true. It totally is true. I love it. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Hmm. I think I would say my humor. That I'm like pretty funny, all things considered. I think that's probably my favorite thing about myself. And then there's this like mole on my upper tummy that I like. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I it's love like that. But I'm into it. I don't know no. where that even came from because I don't I've never like said that. It's very random, but you know, I don't know, it's cute. I love that. That's a perfect answer because you gave a physical <laughs> and a um, you know, non-physical trait. We love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into the art of self-promotion. The first thing I want to ask you about is let's talk about what bragging actually is. I feel like the word brag can maybe set a tone, but how do you redefine the concept of bragging? Totally. So I have been working with the word brag, um, and I'll tell the story of it, uh, for about seven years. Um, and I really don't know what made me decide to start using it, but my big aha moment happened where, uh, all major aha moments happen, um, uh, which was at a Las Vegas pool. Oh. Um, yeah, you know, major professional, thoughtful, intellectual epiphanies happening at those pools. Just kidding. Um, it was, I was like sandwiched between a bachelor party and a bachelor party, and I was there for a friend's conference and trying to take this client call. And, you know, there's like ambient noise, but there's also like ambient, like music everywhere. So I'm like crouched in a bush. Um, and so I, I'm on the phone with this client. I have long, for a long time, represented people, specifically women in positions of power, not only women on visibility and voice and how they present themselves which has been morphed into a lot of these bragging concepts. And she is just like the most goals from like her personal life choices. You know, her kids are nice. She's part of a like really interesting power couple, insanely accomplished. Um, and I was working on some of her PR and visibility and I booked her on TV and she said to me, you know, I don't know if I am the best person to go on. There might be someone who knows more than I do. And the problem was she was in a presidential administration on the topic. And I tried to do everything I could to convince her. Um, and she didn't go on. And I was sort of like, well, if this person who is the pinnacle of, I think, what many people, men and women, would deem as successful, thoughtful, knowledgeable, 
thought that, you know, she was not qualified enough to go on air, which is ridiculous, then the rest of us were honestly screwed. So I got off the phone with her. My phone promptly died. Um, and there are no outlets at a Las Vegas pool because everybody's blacked out and going to electrocute themselves. So I was like, there was say, nowhere for me to plug in my phone. They should probably get them, but that's, you're right. That would probably be bad. Yeah. So uh, there's like this cocktail waitress in a teeny tiny outfit. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not here to buy like a, you know, $2,000 bottle, but can I have a pen? And I also had a book at the pool, which again, I'm the only person reading at that pool. And I don't know, this was October, 2013 maybe September. Um, and I wrote in the margin of the book, I wrote braggart as in like someone who brags and I put parentheses around art. And my original idea was this art of self-promotion and talking about your work and brag just kind of stuck. Uh, I use it for a bunch of different reasons. Someone recently at a, at a speech I gave was like, why didn't you stick with, you know, brag art? I was like, I honestly don't know. I think I like brag better more. It's just a better title. Um, but, it's very catchy. Thank you. We so love a title. The you know? issue is, yeah, you got to have a good title, some good, you know, marketing slogans, what have you. So um, I have been working with the word brag ever since, speaking and training all over the country on self promotion and why bragging matters. But, you know, bragging is an icky word, or rather, it's one that espouses a lot of different feelings. The most common ones, you know, anxiety, fear, um, disgust, disdain, you know, all these different, th all these negative emotions. I am also a very long time writer. I've been a freelance writer for about 15 years. Uh, words are sort of what I care about and work with. Uh, and as well as voice is sort of, I guess, the through line of my work. And the problem is we don't really have many other words. So I chose Bragg's because it was, you know, subversive, but also truly because there are just not that many alternatives. And when you define brag, it means to talk about oneself boastfully, which gives us nothing. When you um, look into boastful, it, it says talking about yourself with excessive pride, which is entirely fucking subjective. Right. Um, and, and so my argument for bragging is that it is a stating of facts and it is necessary in the world that we live in. Whether you agree with that or not, that is the reality of who we reward with, um, you know, praise, promotions, money, corporate board seats, internships, like irrespective of, uh, you know, level of seniority, it is how we absorb other people's work. And so it's just necessary that you tout your own facts of work and and brag about them so that you can get what you want. Yes. That is great. I completely so so I think that is why when I first heard what you did, I was so thrown because when the word brag to me, it does. You sort of it sort of has a negative connotation, but then you're like, wait a minute, no, that's not what bragging is. Bragging is having pride in your work and sharing it with those around you. And it is stating facts like it's it's facts like you did this thing. You want to talk about it. You feel bad for bragging about it. But like, did you not do the thing? Right. You did the thing. But it's also just so, so important to tell people what you do, which, again, I didn't realize. So I read your book. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad. And, you know, you talked about one thing that I said in our previous time together as well was, first of all, you're so not alone. It's what I do for a living. But also. 
I am always clear that Brag Better is not only for women, but the majority of my audience are women. And as women, you know, we think about who we listen to. We think about who we reward with our attention, our eyeballs and our earballs and, you know, whatever balls we have or don't have. All um, the balls. You know, and all the balls all the time. And a lot of that is white men. Um, and, you know, women being, you know, lots of just gender roles reinforced about positive attributes, being associated with passive behaviors. I said to you, I have no doubt as a Southern woman, there's a lot of sort of regional uh, factors that play in that it's sort of what you were taught about as a child, you know, were your parents, you know, performing gender roles in a way that reinforce this idea of women and silence or suppression of voice. And that's not even getting into like, what it's like for a woman of color or other people of color, or queer people. And in my book, I really, I thought a lot about how to address how privilege is intrinsically tied to bragging and who we listen to and who gets to speak. Um, and, you know, I think in 2020, it's really just so important that we all speak about what we know, but also help amplify the voices of other people. And in the book, it's full of interviews of people with all different backgrounds, races, you know, gender identity and expression, levels of ability, all of that factors really into to the work that I do. We love. Oh, yeah. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, I want you to define something for me because I identify as what you call in your book the qualified quiet. Can you kind of describe what the qualified quiet is and why this book is for them? Yes. So I define my audience as the qualified quiet. That is a term that beamed into my head one day. I came up with it. Again, what a great Um, term. What a great title. (laughs) Uh, But... It's, it's people that have done the work but don't know how to talk about it and tout it. And to some degree, we are all the qualified quiet. Um, and what does that mean? That means, you know, you've thought about sharing your accomplishments, but you're afraid to do so. Or you see someone sharing them in a way that you don't like. And so instead of trying to figure out how to do that in a way that feels good to you, you'd rather just be quiet and put your head down and do the work. Um, and so it's not a weakness. It's a strength. Um, you know, you've done the hard part of putting in the time and energy into your chosen profession or project or, you know, school learning, what have you. It's just the icing is the bragging part. It's an uncomfortable muscle that you learn to flex and brag better is a decade of like, like systemic not, um, and brag better is a decade of, you know, exercises, case studies that I've done with clients, research um, on how to begin to talk about what you've done. But to some degree, as I said, we all are part of the qualified quiet. So it's just time to get loud because as much as I would like to be optimistic and say that I think we can get the loud people to be quiet and listen, I think we both know that's just not realistic. And so it's a, it's a matter of getting loud in a way that feels okay to you. It's not about adopting someone else's style. It's not about like yelling, whether literal or figurative. Um, Bragging is very personal to a person and how they want to express 
what they've done and promote what they've done, but also enough so that that other people can recognize it. I mean, that all makes perfect sense to me. One of the things uh, you sort of have a list in the book of like who are the qualified quiet. And one of the things that kind of hit me was I have such an easy time like hyping up my friends and bragging about them. And when my friends meet each other, I'm like, oh, you'd love her. She won this. She did this, this, this. But then I don't do that for myself. And I was like, why can I do that so easily for my friends? But I have such a hard time doing it for myself. Well, again, that is you shouldn't know how to do these things. That's another misnomer. People come to me with a couple of the same things, clients. And they say, you know, I'd rather put my head down and do the work. The problem is if great work falls in the woods and people don't hear about it, you don't talk about it, it will not get you where you want to go. That's just how we work these days. Um, And then also, you know, you you shouldn't know how to do this stuff. You're like, oh, I'm just bad at this. I'm like, first of all, that's why communications is an entire industry. Um, but also, you don't ha- have the role models, you don't have the vocabulary, which as a writer, that's what I cared about Brag Better being was helping you find the words, the actual words, because our vocabulary can be really limited around these things. And then you have all the societal factors telling you, like, how dare you feel proud of yourself? Like, how dare you feel, you know, confident enough to tout your work and not care what other people think? Um, cause especially for women, that's a very dangerous proposition. Yeah. What a concept. What a concept. Loud women love them. Or, you know, like women that are loud in their own way. <laughs> that's right, baby. Okay. Let's talk about the three pillars of bragging better. Yeah. So this is where you kind of break down how i mean this is sort of the three pillars of of the mission here so yes your mission whether whether you choose to accept it which you should yes accept my mission (laughs) yes um because the whole point of your book and your work is to be authentic in this in how you do this um so nothing you will ever do will feel like it isn't you or it isn't part of what you're trying to accomplish so these things are just the three pillars, as you say in your book. So they are be loud, be proud, be strategic. So let's start with be proud. What does that mean, Meredith? Help me. Yeah. So to clarify, like this is all about what's finding what works for you. Yes. And some of it is going to be uncomfortable. Like, you know, it's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to take up space and take up volume and add your voice to the mix. It's much easier to stay quiet. Um, But I believe that it is so necessary for your work and how you feel, but also, you know, we'll get into how much bragging better is about elevating the voices of your friends, your colleagues and people whose voices that are maybe, you know, ones that we don't listen to, we don't get the spotlight, but being proud of what you've done, I think is a really hard thing to do if you are, you know, any thoughtful person in the world and introspective and critical of yourself. And, you know, I'm intensely type A and extremely critical of myself and my own work. Um, And I think a lot of us, you know, it's easier to ignore those things. And, you know, for some reason, I'm sure Jackie too, as you as being a public person, you know, you get all these nice compliments on what you've done. And the one, you know, negative 
um, review or the one negative comment, you know, just like sticks in your head. And that really sucks. Um, and it takes a lot of work to do. And, you know, you're being a big podcaster, like is, I had just gotten and started my podcast or was very early on when we first met, but uh, I was not used to people criticizing my voice, which is a whole new thing, which I'm sure you get all the time because we just like love criticizing women in every way, shape or form. Um, but being proud is, is thinking about what you've done, mm-hmm. maybe asking people you're really close to to help you mm-hmm. like show those accomplishments or tell you about them when you have trouble recognizing them and then sitting with them for a second and realizing that also they are enough. So what I always want to make clear is that being proud of your accomplishments, accomplishments or whatever you honestly did. It can be something as small as like, you know, I really kicked ass in that meeting or I gave a great speech or I, you know, wrote an amazing essay in class or I, you know, advise a C-suite CEO. It's totally irrespective of age and of level of seniority. It's just about looking at what you've done and saying like, that's an, it's enough for me to talk about. Everyone has something that they can brag about. Everyone, no matter what you feel or judge you have or haven't done. Okay. So let's talk. The next one is be loud. Yes. So when I talk about volume here, um, and being loud. I'm not necessarily talking about the actual physical volume of your voice. Well, that's Sometimes unfortunate for it, me. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it can be. It can be. Um, and I think your voice is great. Uh, it's so funny because when I was, I was so surprised when I met you and I told you about this when we had dinner not that long ago, um, that like, you know, when my friend Ben started dating Jackie, uh, you know, she was like pretty and skinny and like, I imagine she'd have this like high pitched voice and, you know, all just like random judgments that were completely unfounded. And you have this like lovely, like heavy Southern accent in a sea of Valley girls, which like I sound like a Valley girl, shout out to sounding like a Valley girl. Um, You have a great voice. And I think that's one reason why, among many others, why people like to listen to you. Um, But being loud darling. Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's like I was totally shocked when you opened your mouth. Truly. Like, I was like, wait. And I guess I hadn't heard the podcast, so I hadn't heard your voice before, and I was totally shocked. Um, So being loud is sharing repeatedly, clearly, consistently, and all of this stuff is in Brag Better. Please pre-order wherever you get books if you want to go with a big guy like, you know, Amazon or support your local small business bookstore. All pre-orders are the same. All pre-orders matter. You can also, you know, do Kindle and um, ebook. I have to go in and read the whole thing, um, which will be an interesting exercise. But no, being loud is communicating however it feels okay to you. So whether it's consistently publishing content, writing a column, um, picking a social media, uh, you know, tool and using it well uh, with clear intentions and a clear message. It's about having a clear, consistent message and continuing to speak up, quote unquote, whether that is genuinely speaking up in meetings, speaking up online, speaking up, you know, in print, um, being consistent is the most important thing because, uh, you know, it's like the old journalism adage that my my dad taught me, which is that you have to tell people what you're going to tell them, you have to tell it to them, and then you have to tell them what you've told them. It's just this idea of repetition is what leads to also people remembering you. 
I, I again that I just feel like this personally is really hitting me because that is something that I definitely do not do. And there's so many reasons, but I just, I'm, for some reason, I'm always discouraged to promote my podcast because I put it out every week. So I'm like, people know it's out every week. I feel like when I post about it every week, it doesn't get likes, you know, nobody's seeing it or nobody's liking it. And I'm like, but what you're saying is no, but that's such an important part of advocating for yourself is the consistency of that. And as humans, we like need repetition to retain information, right? Because if you look at the sheer volume of, you know, you know, how many premium TV shows there are, or how many podcasts there are, I mean, the idea that you've broken through in terms of podcasts is like, is very, I mean, putting on my PR hat, like that is really impressive and something you absolutely should and do capitalize on, you know, as a business person and an entrepreneur. Um, but there's so many things that command people's attention. Our attention spans are shorter than ever. Um, and so you just have to constantly be reintroducing yourself. And I will say I didn't do this either for a long time because, and I'm trying to do it more, but I feel the same way. And I was talking about something about like, I ran into someone in Washington. I live in Washington, DC and they were like, Oh, like how's, you know, X, Y, and Z going like something I had done a decade ago. And I was like, what? I feel like I am constant And this ha- again, happened recently. Someone was like, Oh, like, what are you up to? Are you still working on? And I wrote a date. I co-wrote a data book that came out uh, a couple of years ago. They're like, how's that? I was like, wait, I have just been like talking. I thought till I was blue in the face um, about bragging, brag better the book, my consulting, my podcast. And the truth is every single time you reintroduce yourself online or, in person, it's a slightly different audience. It's never the same audience. So even if you're capturing like one new eyeball, like one new listener, it's always different. And um, it also just is really helpful because sometimes people forget, like, you know, people are we're always so worried about what everyone else is thinking of us. And, you know, oh, like, you know, that's so repetitive. Nobody, literally, that's not a thought that anyone ever has. Um, I think about some of the like business leaders and voices that constantly constantly drive messages home and never once have it been like oh this shit again so like that's just like not something that people think but we're also walking around in our own heads with our own work thinking that everyone knows our like innermost thoughts and what we're doing all the time you really have to tell people you no, really really have to tell it makes them. perfect sense i swear i still will get an email or a facebook message from someone who i haven't seen in a long time and they're like oh hey are you still walking dogs because my friend needs someone and i'm like i haven't been a <laughs> dog walker in 10 years yeah like and what so you just have to well i mean you walk chooch or she walks behind you um but yes other than that that's not what you're doing <laughs> Right. Yeah, honey. Ever heard of Natch Butte? Exactly. Um, exactly. Okay, so the last pillar is to be strategic. Um, and that, again, we don't want to just scream out into the void. There is actually, it all makes sense, but kind of tell us about the strategy of it. Yeah, so like learning these practices and getting outside your comfort zone and speaking up, whatever that, you know, however you determine is best for you, has to be channeled in a certain direction. And I often tell people to work backwards um, with the strategy. So like, let's say, for example, I'm trying to sell books, which I am. 
um, and get pre-orders because uh, they matter disproportionately. Um, and the book industry is complicated, but that's one thing. And so I'm like, okay, my volume and my pride, if I want, you know, book pre-orders, I constantly need to be sharing about the book. I need to be on podcasts like this one talking about the book and when it comes out and how you can get it. I need to be in forums where like people are talking about books and, you know, get in there about what they're reading next. And then moving backwards from there, then you sort of know where to channel your stuff. And it doesn't have to be that specific. Um, that's just an example. But like, I, there's an example in the book that I use of a client that I was consulting with, and she wanted to sell her company, and it was in education technology. And she was very well known in the education sector, um, and had this amazing programming, but the stuff she was broadcasting about the work she did was, yes, all that how great her educational programming was, but that's actually not what a potential purchaser of her company needs to hear about. Like that's a business financial decision. They need to know how well her company is doing. They need to know the profit margins. They need to know like how long she's run the company. They need to know the number of employees because like they're making a money decision. So you have to start talking in the language of wherever you're directing, you know, your brag. So talk, you know, talking with her, we figured out, I was like, okay, who are five dream companies you'd want to acquire your company? And we're like, okay, what are they reading? What are they listening to? How are you going to start talking about your company in a way that frames it as an actual business asset? We know that there's a lot of great content there, but like that's how you have to frame it. That's just one example, but um, without the strategy, uh, it, it just ends up being more noise. And if you just want to make noise, that's cool too. Like that's totally cool. I would love to have more loud, qualified people. Like that's also fine. Um, but once you figure out where to channel it too, it'll help you you know, get to those goals. Let's talk about one that's like inner office. Like, let's say, um, you know, I talk a lot about bragging towards to people in a way that they want to be bragged to. So like, for example, if your boss, like your boss should be kept apprised of the things you're doing and it's good to tout those things. Um, but you also want to do it in a way that your boss recognizes. So like if your boss sees value or recognizes accomplishments and like loves, this is like a really, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm like LARPing like office, you know, link, you know, situations because I've consulted with a lot of people, but I've worked for myself for almost a decade. But let's say, you know, your boss wants something written and that's how he or she retains information and is able, you know, if they're busy, like that's how they can see accomplishments versus walking into their office and like telling them what you've done. Um, so it's a matter of being strategic with it and then like speaking the language it's almost like love languages, which I'm sure I feel like you've probably talked about on this podcast. Um, I don't but, you think know, I have, honestly. I've talked about them in my personal life. But bragging to someone in a, in a language that they speak or that they recognize. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're also then just... So there's all this stuff is in the book. Um, I've also written on this topic for almost a decade. So, you know, I'll provide you with all the links and whatnot. Um, but there are lots of things you can start doing right away. So the the one thing I wanted to share with you, Meredith, that I haven't told you yet, which I've discussed, is when I got your book in the mail, I mean, when we met, I instantly was so fascinated by your work and knew that it would help me. Um, 
Because just hearing what you did, I was like, oh, wow, I have a real problem with promoting myself for various reasons. So I was so instantly drawn to your work. But I'm holding your book in my hand right now. By the way, the cover is so cute. Um, so if you do oh, love you. if you do love like a statement book, you're already going to want it, even though inside is going to change your life. But just despite that, just, you know, judge a book by its cover, honey. Try it. The back. Thank you. No, I that cover like, you know. I, we went, I, I, my, I went with portfolio penguin random house who's publishing this and they really helped me bring the cover I wanted to life, which is colorful, aggressive. I guess both of those describe me <laughs> colorful and aggressive. Why not? Yeah. In your face. <laughs> it's so cute. It would catch my eye just on Excellent. the back. Love to hear it. Yeah. Just on the back. You sort of discussed, um, on the mini that you did with me, like how we can verbally undercut ourselves. And a lot of times we aren't even realizing that we're doing it. And on the back of the book, you list like you can eliminate words that undermine your work. Um, Like if your bio says you're trying or attempting. And I was like, literally the description of Natch Butte says, join her as she attempts to take the intimidation mysteries out of this topic. Literally, it fucking says that in the description for my show. And I was like... Yeah, you gotta cut that shit out. Oh, it's gone. I literally emailed my producer, Rebecca, and I said, we're, we're changing the bio. I also changed it. It now says beauty expert Jackie Johnson because I was talking to Ben and he was like, no, you're an expert. And I was like, no, the whole thing is that I'm not an expert and that I'm figuring it out. And he goes, you've done 170 episodes. You're an expert. Cut that shit. You know what I mean? I was and like, also, the truth is like expert also sometimes you have to just be like what would a mediocre white dude do like he would say he's an expert but also like you expert is just not a thing no i know because i looked up the definition i looked up what because i was like an expert means you have to have a phd in the you know in the it's a person who has a authoritative knowledge of or a skill in a particular area. I'm an expert, motherfucker. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? And you're a successful expert. It's like not just like you're an expert on the subject matter. Like you've crafted a business out of it. You've crafted like, you know, you know, a a huge audience out of it. Um, And it's funny because I bet your listeners, you know, honey's listening are like, well, yeah, obviously Jackie's the guru. Like that's why I am here. Um, you know, to hear all of these things. And you talk with like such interesting people in the industry who are also the top of their game. But again, you know, my point is a lot of times like we've mixed up who's an expert because we have people that like don't know anything calling themselves experts. And then the rest of us who like know all this stuff being afraid to call ourselves experts. So like you are an expert when you decide you are an expert. Like it's not, about getting a PhD. It's right. Just not. Right. And and I honestly never would have thought that. I would have never thought about that until I read just the back cover of your book. So I Well I'm thrilled because because we went over that copy again and again and again. So my editor did an amazing job of like helping suss out because you know I've had this book in my head for about seven years. Like I look at the outline I made at that pool in Las Vegas and it's extremely similar to the book that is now seven years later, though it was, you know, not nearly as developed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's about, 
advocating for yourself and showing up for yourself, but not just in this like, yeah, feel empowered. Like I actually think that anything that is just purely feelings based isn't helpful. Like I want to give people actual tools. And you certainly do. And I just want to say, um, I'm going to read a few things that are in the book just for people listening who their ears are perked. She discusses pitches, salary negotiations, when and where maybe you shouldn't brag, public speaking, bragging online, um, uh, bragging etiquette, um, how to practice bragging to make it more of a habit, to make it more natural for you. I mean, this book covers everything and it's so helpful. And all I can say is that I cannot wait to unleash the new self-promoting Jackie that I have found through this work. And so that is why Meredith is here. So that's all we're going to say about that. Well, it's funny, too, because it's also like thinking about you and and we don't have time to unpack all of this. So, like, if you want, like, another follow up six hour discussion, yeah, (laughs) marriage and Jackie discussion. Um, But I will be promoting this book in Los Angeles for Honey is in L.A. in June. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, And you bet I'm going to have Jackie shilling. But uh, it's funny because before I met you, I get all these judgments like you had like, you know, tens of thousands of Instagram followers. And like, I saw that you had been in like, on like drunk history and like, you know, all this stuff that's insanely impressive. Like even knowing you personally, the circles you run in the like extremely powerful people, like insanely successful comedians. Like it's, it's so crazy. Um, but it's so unsurprising. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm really glad I got to you also just as a friend doing a friendship. But, um, you know, I think that uh, it's it's we need more people like you to just be like, I'm a fucking expert. Well, thank you. And and I'm telling you, I have just the ripple effect of, of just your influence on me. I, I had a woman in here, Jen Harper, who, who owns Cheekbone Beauty, which is a, a brand in Canada. And this woman literally funded this company herself, has been hustling. And she said, I said uh, kind of at the end of the show, uh, like sort of like a funny thing. I was like, do you, are you ever in the grocery store? And somebody says, oh, I love your lipstick. And you go, oh, thanks. It's mine. And I, and I laughed and she goes, people come with me all the time, but I don't really get into it. I just say thanks. And I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like, I'm sending you a copy of Brag Better. Because as women, we're just, well, yeah, nobody knows how to do I this. Know. It's so important to, to, to and, and so that's why the, I, I'm telling you, it happens all the time now. I clock it all the time now. And especially, like I said, I read the back cover of the book and I was like, the description of my own podcast is undercutting my work. Stop it. Stop it. So this is such again, important you work. Know, yeah, you, should know, you should know how to do these things. Nobody teaches you them. Nobody advocates for you to do them. Like, there's so much messaging. It's like, how dare you feel confident? How dare you feel okay speaking? Right. All those sorts of things, you know, and I would have like throttled that woman very gently, but like, you know, it's the sort of thing where also, and I've heard of uh, the stories I've heard, cause I've been counseling dozens, hundreds, thousands of people at this point, but it's stuff like that. And I, in that situation, it's like, you also literally have money on the fucking line. Right. Like you just lost a customer. That's like, what I'm saying. You years- know, that lady would have bought the lipstick. That lady would have bought the lipstick. And even if I hadn't, I would have thought that's cool. I care about supporting women, you know, owned and started companies. I will recommend it. Right. But I so, do the same you know, thing. I do the same thing. And, and, and that's what's so interesting is that I'm just learning now that it's okay to share 
and you should be proud to share as opposed to, I guess, the programming that I had originally, which is like, don't be or be modest, which, again, you have a whole thing in the book about all the reasons. And it's so fascinating. That could be a whole episode of the show. So we will save that for when you're here in June. So let's get to some of the other things. Yes. Yes. But one last thing is everybody is on their own, like, bragging better path. Yes. So even if it's just being able to say in the grocery store, like, oh, yeah, I need this to one person, like, that's fine, too. You can start wherever you need to. Right. I agree, Meredith, and thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, I really quick want to just, I think this is a really fun idea that all the honeys should do because I didn't do this until I went to one of your dinners. So Meredith hosts these dinners and it was really cool. Tell everybody like how, what you do. You, You have everybody sit down and go around the table and do a brag and just, I think this is cool, and I think all of us should start doing this when we have gatherings. So tell us a little bit about, and what do you call them, like powerful women dinners? What do you call them exactly? Yeah, it's funny because I guess whether you think this is derogatory or not, there's so many interesting, wonderful, successful women that I know that I just call them like power bitches. Oh, yeah, we so love them. like, oh, I'm having a, a, you know, a power bitches dinner in L.A., and I invite all the interesting women that I know, um, and you know, get them together. And when I do that, I care that people introduce themselves to each other and talk about what they've done. Cause obviously that's in line with the work that I do. And that allows me to have a quick second with them to flag anything that they might be doing that they shouldn't be doing. Oh. Like, for example, I have a very close friend um, who like in, and I, I don't want to, you know, doctor in the situation, but she basically had a company that was, she was wearing something that she had created, same idea. She didn't even mention it. And I said, like, hold up. Let's go back. Like, why don't you tell people, like, what you're wearing and where it came from? Like, and then everybody was instantly enthralled. That gives me, like, a second to, like, flag things for people and at least just, like, give them from some free free counsel. A free coach, um, yeah. Then, yeah. And then what I'd like to do is something that I first saw a million moons ago from Amy Webb, who is an amazing data futurist scientist wonder woman who's in the book um which is ask an offer so here it's we idea go that honey. when you when you are in this like networking situation um or they do offer and ask it depends you ask for something you need and then you offer something to the group and they can be everything from like i have a great gynecologist if anyone needs one in the area or it can be like hey i really need help figuring out how to be better on instagram Um, and it always like just leads to really interesting conversations, but it's important to ask for what you need, but then you end up getting all these like random cool skills that like at the dinner we had, like, I was like, okay, so you're going to talk to this person and everyone like plugs and plays and it's very actionable and fun. Yeah. I'll just give an example. Like I showed up to the dinner 
And I said, hi, I'm Jackie. I host Natch Butte. Um, I listed some stats, whatever. And then I said, I'm always asking for guests for my show because I host a weekly show. And I'm always looking for exciting, interesting women uh, to come on as guests. So my ask is, if you have anybody you know that would be good for Nash Butte. And then my offer was, if you need any skincare advice, if you want to know about some cool products, or if you're looking to like kind of build up your skin routine, or you don't know what to buy, then come to me. So that was my offer and my ask. And I thought that was such a cool thing to do at parties when you're or dinners or something go around the room have everybody talk about promote what they're up to and then have an offer and an ask isn't that cute and it's just it also like takes some of the edge off of meeting new people or you know you might just be like what you i've had people be like my ask is like please find me a husband right (laughs) or my my offer is like you know um I am very good at accounting. You know, it's really just like across the board. Um, and it, it asking, you know, people what offering something that you can help them do is really powerful too. So I think it's, it's I think it was so fun and rejuvenating. Yeah, and then obviously like Jackie walks in is the star or whatever. Everybody's like, Who's that girl? Um and <laughs> like it's Jackie, give her a TV deal. Um, bump up her podcast, please advertise, please rate and review and subscribe. Um, but it allows me to brag about my friends too, which is fun. I encourage all the honeys to start doing this and, uh, let's see of all the help and we can spread. Yeah. Maybe I know you have like your very active Facebook group. So start doing it in the Facebook group. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh my God. That is such a good, do you hear that honeys in the Facebook group? Get that going. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so smart. Okay. Why don't, why don't we talk about your podcast? It never gets old because on top of Meredith's work, in the bragging better space. She also is an expert on all things secondhand and sustainable fashion. So it's very exciting. I personally just bought two pair of Reformation jeans off Poshmark, although they haven't shipped them yet and I'm starting to get a little anxious. So there's so much here. Um, I'm so intrigued by what you said about the expensive t-shirts because I don't know why I've been conditioned to think that if you want like a really good vintage t-shirt, you're going to have to pay up. You're saying, no, that's not the case. No. So, okay. So I collect vintage t-shirts. Um, I started collecting them. I'm 33. I started collecting them maybe when I was 17, I took a hiatus and then got really into them again. Um, and, uh, always had a lot of just vintage t-shirts that my dad has given me too, and my mom. Um, and I have some of those. So I do a whole episode. So my podcast is called it never gets old. Um, and it's all about secondhand, you know, firsthand account of all things secondhand and, and by proxy sustainable. I did not expect to get into sustainable fashion, but recycling and buying secondhand is really earth friendly and awesome and full of good karma and just a fun corner of the internet and planet that I've been a part of since I was about 11. Um, but vintage t-shirts like are my shit. If you go and listen, I have a whole episode on vintage t-shirts, but I'll just like do the like top line Cliff's Notes knowledge. So they should not be super expensive unless you're buying a collector's like Grateful Dead, uh, Billy Joel, 
Uh, and in those cases, you know, they can run a couple hundred dollars if you're a very serious collector. I don't have a specific band. Um, I am mostly just into like the softest stuff that then speaks to me and I think is fun or funny. And then I also collect plain white vintage Hanes t-shirts or just vintage plain white t-shirts because I believe they're the best white t-shirts. Like nobody has come close to um, nailing the perfect white t-shirt except an old one. Uh, wow. so I Aren't you worried them. about staining them? Because I stain everything white that I own. You know, no. Uh, they're really, like, well-built, and you just throw them in the washing machine. Because that's the thing, too, is, like, I have two kinds of, like, I had stuff that just, I don't even separate everything and throw it in the washing machine. Because a lot of it's, like, old and already been washed before. Nothing's bleeding. Like, nothing. It's, like, right. totally fine. Or then everything else is designer, secondhand, and dry clean. So, like, one thing is, you know, secondhand is really great for the environment. Also, you can make money. So, I have been consistently making money on my wardrobe for 20 years. And sometimes it's in the thousands of dollars a month. Now, you're not, like, down the rabbit hole that I am, necessarily. But, like, do not throw away clothing, first of all. Look at donating it. Look at where you can donate it sustainably. Thread up will donate your clothing sustainably. That's really important. A lot of it ends up in landfills or in trash cans. So just like, please don't throw out clothing. Um, but vintage t-shirts, I don't pay more than like 20, 30 bucks ever. Wow. Like maybe it's like a six, six and, and you shouldn't. So I like, mean, there's a store in LA. There's a store here that is so insane. I mean, I went in there and I was like, what's the most expensive shirt you have? He's like, Oh, the Nirvana in utero shirt. It's like $700. Cause Bieber just bought one for me. So, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And it's funny because I know a lot of dealers, like vintage t-shirt dealers, like I'm so in this world that like I hear all the like scuttlebutt and gossip and whatever. Like, yeah, I know the like guy who does the fear of God ones. He buys those t-shirts for $2 and then sells them for 500 Like, so so basically, if you don't know anything about vintage t-shirts and you're okay dropping 75 to $100 on a Harley one, which like you don't have to pay for, but they're cool. Like, I know the look. I'm in LA all the time. All the cuties wear boys and girls wear, you know, like a cute vintage t-shirt. Um, but they don't have to be expensive. But if you're going to go to a boutique that has done the digging for you, they're going to be more expensive. There's a ton online. Um, there are two keywords that I've discovered in really good vintage t-shirts. One is paper thin oh, when you're looking for search terms. Okay. So that means, and one way you judge buying vintage t-shirts online is holding them up to the light. And be, if you can see the person's hand through the shirt, like, you know, it's good. You know, it's thin enough. Cause you want like the softest, thinnest shit possible. Right. Like the more destroyed, the better. Well, right. Because um, I could go to Walmart and buy a Hanes t-shirt right now. If I wanted that. Right. Exactly. So you, you want that. They thinness. have Nirvana shirts at um, Target right now. I don't want that. I want that good, well, good. I want that good, good. I, I want to see my hand through that shit. I have a good Nirvana one. I'm trying to remember where I got it in New somewhere in New York. I mean, if you go to somewhere that's less organized, that's less bougie, they're not going to be as expensive. Right. Um, if you live in, no matter where you live, even if you go to Goodwill, I've gotten, you know, some great vintage t-shirts there. And then there's a plethora online. So, um, you know, even like, I know it's really cool to have the vintage Harley Davidson ones. They retain an insane amount of value. It's just like what all the cuties are wearing. Um, you know, any of these boutiques are going to sell them for 75 to hundred dollars online. You know, they'll run you 30 bucks. Um, and you just got to do a lot of measurements because it's all vintage sizing is weird. Um, the other search term to look for is thrashed. 
Um, these are just like, you know, insider t-shirt freak people. And then what I always tell people is if you're like going through a huge rack of vintage tees, the best ones, you can tell the level of wear by the collar. So what you need to look at is the collar. If you're like going through like a huge rack of them, the more worn the collar, the better the shirt's going to be. Very just interesting. A few <laughs> Do you have a favorite vintage store on the planet slash an online store that you like are just like you found your best things there? So all over, it never gets old. I do city guides. I've done everywhere from like New York to Paris to uh, Mexico City is coming out. I'm doing a two-part LA series. Um, I always tell people to look up Yelp in your town, even if you're not in a major city. Yelp will tell you. Um, I would say my favorite of anywhere I've ever gone is probably Wasteland in Los Angeles. Wow. Um, Look at us with the number one, honey. Well, and Wasteland's so good because it's resale. So the difference between consignment and resale is consignment is you're giving your clothes on loan and you're getting about 50% when it sells. Resale means the store is buying something off of you, so you get less money, but you're getting it up front in your pocket. Yeah. And because Wasteland's resale, they price it really low. Um, so the stuff is bomb. There are three stores. There's one. I like need them to pay me to show, but I'm just going to show anyway. There's one in Studio City. There's one in Santa Monica. The originals on Melrose. Really, really sick stuff. I buy men's stuff and women's stuff there. Um, and then online, Poshmark's my favorite place on the internet. It can be really chaotic. If you're new to this world, I send people to the real real. Um, it's a lot more organized. Or if you're looking for more like, you know, lower end contemporary brands, go to ThreadUp because um, they're both more organized. Um, and then, so I love Poshmark. I get a lot of great vintage T-shirts. I'm like staring at my collection right now. I was like pruning some of them. I can't believe you, you like, were bidding on a Mighty Mighty Boston shirt. What a random <laughs> thing. I mean, I'm on Poshmark. I'm actually selling a bunch of Ben's clothes on Poshmark right now. Um, uh-huh. And then obviously giving him the money because um, I'm nice. <laughs> but I would love for you to come over and like do it to teach me because it's I don't know what I'm doing on there. Yeah, we'll do that too. Like once you know we you pivot to video or whatever, then then we'll do that too. Because if you listen to it, never gets old. It's all about how like divide your stuff by category, how to think about selling, how to list things so that they actually sell. Um, so you're saying I'm I need Poshmark to just at, listen to it, never gets old. Fair. Yes, but also I'm on Poshmark at Fine MC. Um, my favorite thing. So like Poshmark. Again, I'm not. I should be paid to show. I, I have. I've not. So please call me Poshmark. Um, They've done ads with me. Posh- Use net code Nat. Yeah, you well, get like ten dollars off or something. I don't know if it still works. Well, I'll try it. I certainly will try it. Um, but the thing about po- again, it's like this. What I love so much about secondhand is I grew up in secondhand stores. Like I, I have always deeply cared about fashion. I always wanted designer clothing, um, and it was how I was able to afford it. And I also love hunting for things. Um, and wear, you know, all amazing clothing. But I also grew up in these stores and a lot of them, you know, I care about the supporting of small business part of it. If you can go to your local consignment store, it's usually an older woman's second or third career. Um, and I grew up like with those women, a lot of them really kooky and just like pawing through their stuff and sitting there and looking at people's things and like the stories of things they leave behind. I love those sorts of things. So it's like, it was just a really fun, fun world and doesn't have to be expensive. And if you want to make some money, you can also just bring your clothes to your local local consignment store. Hell yes. Shout out small business. Do you have a favorite find you've ever bought? I've stumped you. I've stumped you. So 
they normally say, so Frame Denim, which is actually out of Los Angeles, they may, uh, so at this point, I'm on like a level 15. So I collect strange designer objects. Um, like a Chanel tennis racket or oh, wow. I have like a yeah. vintage, like Gucci hand towel that I bought in Italy. It's definitely from like the eighties, like just like weird random one-off shit. I love that stuff. Um, but I also am obsessed with things that never went into production or like are one of one. So, um, I frame denim did these incredibly cool, uh, denim jackets with pat custom patches all over them as gifts influencer gifts for their one of their fashion week dinners and i saw it i think i remember seeing like hillary Rota or someone had it and i was like that is so fucking cool where do i get it they never sold it um and i walked into one of my favorite consignment stores in new york called ina if you're in new york go to all the ina stores um and someone had consigned theirs um which you're technically not supposed to do uh but i immediately bought it and i would say like i love it i don't think i'll ever ever get rid of that that's like definitely one of my favorite objects I mean, you really are a level 15. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, like, go crazy and then I get really obsessive. So, like, I always tell people to, like, tell me what they're looking for. And I, like, lose my mind. Like, I have, like, a photographic memory for, like, the things people are looking for. Like, there's a, another friend who told me, like, it's just lodged in my brain. So, if there's something you want me to look for for you, I also have private clients. But you just are a friend. So, like, let me know. <laughs> I feel like someday you and I, for our retirement job, will like run our own little weird vintage shop. Oh yeah, I would love to run a consignment store that also like has like candy and coffee shop and like maybe an event space. Uh, we're making that happen. Like yeah, like it's the things I care about. It's like secondhand clothing. Maybe it's some like a little bit of co-working candy which i care deeply about and like a coffee shop and maybe ice cream i don't know it's like all the things you like just smash them all together as long as they don't get ice cream on my vintage gucci tennis racket i'll be fine yeah i mean well it's funny so again like i really have to stop myself from certain things and i'll flip stuff or like i'll buy stuff really low and sell it really high but there was this tiny thrift store in somewhere in southern florida and this woman had a Chanel tennis racket and tennis balls, and I'm mad I didn't buy it because they're now going for so much money. But, like, there's only so much I can do. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's really interesting. What are some other self-care rituals you have? I'm going to say that vintage shopping is one. For sure. But do you have yeah, any other um, ones of note? So, well, I have a secondhand candle problem. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't even know that was so, a thing. Well, I get into, so Anna never gets old. I get into, I buy secondhand skincare. Like, we should talk about that. Oh, yikes. Yes, and a lot of people say, yikes, I'm a disgusting person. And I'm like, it's whatever. Um, but, you know, if, if there's anything that is desired, there's a secondhand market for it. Um, and so I go into, like, secondhand skincare. Should you buy it? What are the best practices for it? But also, like, for example, like, 2020 is a real dumpster fire but i just bought two liters of hand sanitizer off poshmark because you can't fucking buy it anywhere um wow it's crazy it's so but i do i'm obsessed with buying secondhand because like there nothing pays me more than having to pay retail for literally anything i would rather just like hop off a cliff so um i decided very late in life 
you know, in my thirties that I liked fancy candles. I always thought people were idiots for liking them. And now I just like have a severe diptyque problem, a severe boy smells problem. And I find them all on the secondhand internet and I lose my mind. Like I really, I have to cool it. Like I really, it's very addicting and very fun. So I would say that's one thing. Um, hanging out with my doggy bean, we just like sit there and I hug her until she wriggles out of my arms. Um, I love walking, getting my steps in. I love walking in LA, which people think is very weird, but I love it. Um, I, I don't say, like, think that's the, weird at all. <laughs> I love, I like walking for me is very meditative. Um, I would say those are my, and then like filling my brain with television. Um, and drinking margaritas. I would say those are all my self-care rituals. Fair. I think they're great. Okay, Meredith, yeah. tell us one more time where we can find Brag Better. And I know I don't even have to give you any more specifics. Normally I say the social media, blah de blah but I know you're going to cover all the bases. You can learn more about me uh, at MeredithFeynman.com. You can learn more about the book at Brag hyphen better.com. Um, I'm on all the social meds at Meredith Feynman. Feel free to slide into the DMS, whether you have like a bragging question or you're looking for something secondhand or you want to see more pictures of my dog bean. Um, I can't wait for bean and Chooch to meet at some point in time. Um, and I'm coming to DC soon. Yeah. So we will have to do that and a whole photo shoot, et cetera. And of and course, Brad better will is on... come with me. I mean, why wouldn't she? Yes. And Brag Better is on social media at Brag Better. I reserved those handles in 2015. My publishing team was like, what the hell? I was like, I am also a PR person. I <laughs> like, know, I'm telling I, you. I've been squatting on that shit since 2015. <laughs> like, um, So, you know, everywhere, just do the Googles of Brag Better, but making it epically easy. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. And I wish I were sitting there in studio with you. Um, it's so funny because... I'm from DC and like you're so steeped in all the Hollywood stuff, which like I love and the comedy stuff, which like I like just love all things comedy and um, which makes me sound like a, just like, I'm like, I love humor. Um, but you know, it's even in one, one visit to, to Jackie's podcast, you know, studio, I was like freaking out over the people that record there. So she's very cool is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's, you know, we could go on for it ever and ever, but I'd be happy to answer any questions and I'll be in touch about getting you a copy of that book, some honeys. That's right. Well, this is very exciting work and I'm excited for the honeys to have it as well. And, and also all the people everywhere to have this in their hands. So everybody get ready to brag better. And Meredith, thank you I again for coming on. Um, and yes, I will be, uh, I will be doing something in June with you. I cannot wait. But until then, honeys, remember that you deserve to be happy. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Meredith, I'm talking to you. Woo! I'm I'm talking to you. And I'm talking to the honeys. You deserve to be happy. And don't forget to cream that neck and keep your fringe fresh. Yes, honey. A podcast network.